And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Seven fifty-five is real with David O'Brien and Eric O'Flaherty. Welcome back to Seven Fifty-Five is Real. I'm David O'Brien, Braves writer for the Athletic. I'm with my co-host, Eric O'Flaherty, former Braves reliever. What's happening out in uh, Washington State, Eric? It's hot. It's hot out here. 100 degrees today. Explain to people you're not in Seattle because when you're not in Seattle anymore, I'm on the other side of the state. It's it's a lot different. uh, Oh, the other side of the mountain range, right? It's different climate. Yeah. Kind of like in Colorado if you're on either side of the front range or on the. Yeah. What's that? Steamboat. It's a different climate than the than the than the ski resorts like in Breckenridge and yeah. Copper Mountain and Vail. Because some they have different type of champagne powder and steamboat they call it. It's nice. Yeah. It's real. Yeah, it's just uh, definitely different out here. Yeah, so you got dry, dry, dry heat where you are yeah. now, huh? Yeah. Totally different than Seattle. Uh, Seattle gets up to 70 degrees and people are in shorts and have their shirts off. <laughs> yeah. It's it's it doesn't get like this, but I like it. We've been outside a lot more. Our kids that's are like, getting firmer. <laughs> that's like in college, man. And at the University of Kansas, in the winter, it would be, you know, zero, 10 degrees some days. You walk in a class freezing your ass off. And then when spring, tra- when spring comes around, like the first day where it feels like spring, it's like 50, 53. sunny as hell. It's, yeah. It feels beautiful. But people are in shorts, tank tops, yep. flip flops. It's like Waiting it's fifty. It. Yeah, yeah. That's 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 pretty much how Seattle is for the most part till about July. But over here, it's hot, man. It's been a hundred for a few days already. Yeah, we're having unbelievably nice weather in Atlanta. I mean, I I've, this time of the year, usually it's as you know, having played here, usually it's it's up in the nineties now, starting to get humid, and it's felt like more like San Diego the last few days. You that's know? awesome. That's yeah, good for like the boys. Eighty and dry and sunny right now. Perfect. So anyway, from that nicety, let's get to the grim uh, weekend occurrence that everyone was talking about with the Braves. There's no way to avoid it. So um, Marcelo Zuna. The Braves, I think, have been fortunate enough to, for the most part, avoid any of these kind of ugly incidents, at least since Hector Oliveira. People have forgotten about Hector Oliveira because he was such a bad player to begin with. You know, he hadn't really established himself when yeah. he was arrested for domestic violence with a woman who was not his wife in his hotel room in uh, D.C. But he never played another inning of baseball in the major leagues. Again, he was not a very good player. He was a bad player. It was a terrible trade. <laughs> they got rid of Alex Wood to get Hector Oliveira, by the way. But, uh, but, uh, Hector Oliveira, the Braves could not just dump him and, and and get the money back and not have to pay him. To once he came off this suspended list, they are during this suspension, actually, they traded him and took on Matt Kemp's terrible contract. So they swapped one really bad deal and one unpleasantness because they couldn't bring him back to their organization and their fan base and all that after what he was arrested for. Uh, and they didn't want to. He was a bad player. 
but they took on Matt Kemp's contract in order to get rid of him. And that's my long way of getting around to as bad and as ugly as this Marcelo Zuna situation is. It's not a given. In fact, the precedent says the Braves will not be able to just release him and get and not have to pay his contract. Um, because it is a very complicated situation, as you know, with the union contracts, with the standard contract and getting out of it. Even though it has a, th- a line in there about how players have to be or ups- upstanding and all that, it's not it's not enforceable. Um, and really, the only way that they can get out of this, from my understanding, is if he goes to prison, goes to jail, because then he's unavailable to play. And if you're unavailable to play, can't they can't get out of the contract. Yes, but but uh, but other than that, very difficult to get out of a contract to get out of guaranteed money. And it shouldn't be. Yeah, I mean, it should be in the sense that, you know, if I think we talked about this earlier, if there's no way to prove it or you're taking somebody's word. I mean, like in this case, there's witnesses. Mm-hmm. I, I just know, police you know, police officers have witnessed it. But, you know, I just know that there's not a single player that would have a problem with it. You know, when, when you're in those meetings, if he got dumped, when, you, when you're in those meetings and domestic violence comes up that there's no discussion. It's like every single guy agrees. You don't do that. And I know that different occurrences in the past players have said, you know, screw that guy. He should, he should lose his deal. So it's not, you know, I don't, I don't think people should read into it as the players want a guy to get paid that does this or want him to get his money. But there's some kind of, there's a reason why the union does what they do. I just don't understand it. Yeah. So this is one of those instances where, and there are others where the union has policies and enforces things. And, and I think they do it for the, obviously they do it for, in their view, the greater good, the bigger picture. When in the, in those cases, those instances of domestic violence, like you said, 99.9% of the players would be like, get rid of him. Yep. Because they, they're not supporting this and they're not well, saying. I, yeah. That makes it hard on the play, on the team too. It, you, you know, the, the players yeah. don't want you back. So you, that makes the team's position you can't just throw a guy like that back in the clubhouse. Right. Because you got to answer to your teammates after that. And they don't want to put on a uniform and, and take the field with a guy that does something like that either. So it's, I mean, it's the Braves are going to basically just have to eat it, if you ask me. And they will not. I, do, I don't think it, that they are in a position to eat it because he's only, he's, he's less, he's half a season into a $65 million contract, four year deal that was backloaded. He's only making 12 million this year. Yeah. So in other words, what the season's a third old. He's made he would have made like four million so far this year. They're not going to eat sixty million dollars. They won't do it. There's there are a few teams. Take the field for him either, are they? Right. They're not going to. I can't see it. I'd be shocked if he played again for the Braves. Yeah. So I think this is going to be everybody. You know, everybody. The average fan. Uh, the and and I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm just saying everybody wants these to be simpler cases than they are. They never are. The Bra- yeah. They want the Braves to come out and say he will never play for us again. They can't say that for legal reasons. Uh, when they fight this, they got to they got to always be thinking in mind of if this comes down to a lawsuit later and he's trying to collect his money or whatever, he can point to them saying this or that on this day. They'd already yeah. made up their mind. You know, that, you know what I mean? So what they do and what they're told to do by the MLB is to defer all these comments to the commissioner's office at this point. And the commissioner's not going to say anything at this point other than they'll say when the investigation is ongoing because it is, from my understanding, they've started it. So until they complete their investigation, I don't think you're going to hear anything from the Braves 
from any, they're just going to say until while the investigation is going, we're not going to comment. But I think ultimately, and Ken wrote about this, Ken Rosenthal wrote a really good story in the athletic covering all the cases before there's been 13 cases of domestic violence since this policy went into effect six years ago. Not one of these teams, not one has tried to terminate the contract because they know how difficult it would be to do it and almost impossible not to pay the money that the other guy, they've been able to not pay part of it. They don't pay while the guy's suspended because those are suspensions without pay from domestic violence. Yeah. So once MLB concludes its investigation and hands down a suspension, he will not be getting paid and they don't get paid. I guess what, what administratively, but he won't get paid during a suspension. And what I think is going to happen is he'll be on the restricted list. So he won't count against their roster. Then he'll get suspended. And I think a minimum would be half a season, but I think he, he'll, he'll get suspended mm. for a year. I think, I think he'll Dyson get, got one sixty two. I think he'll get the longest suspension for this. Yeah. That's just my initial thought unless something comes out and I don't know how it would, especially if we get body cam footage, if they had the body cams on the cops say that the two cops say they walked in and saw him because they responded to a domestic violence. Here's what happened in case people, I, I don't know how you wouldn't have heard about this by now, but maybe people didn't. The cops were responding to a domestic violence uh, call in Sandy Springs, Georgia, which is just right outside. It's right by the ballpark. It's 10 minutes from the ballpark just outside the perimeter in Atlanta, suburban Atlanta. Uh, they responded to a domestic violence uh, call. They go in. The front door was open, so they didn't even have to, like, knock, kick in the door, whatever. They walk in, and this is ongoing. And they say in the incident report, the press release of the report, I haven't seen the actual report yet, but the report is even worse from what my understanding. They walk in and see him, the end of this actual attack. Yeah. Uh, there must have been some serious rage going on because they, to not see the cops walk in and stop immediately what you're doing. But they say they saw him uh, grab her by the neck, his wife Genesis, throw her against the wall, and use his cast. He also allegedly used his cast, covering the broken fingers, which is the reason he's home anyway while the team's in New York, used his cast to smash her face against the wall. Uh to pin her face against the wall. So it's very ugly, man. I mean, it's hideous. And to do this with police as witnesses, I think changes the whole dynamic of this in that all the these other factor. cases. Yeah, it's here. All these other it's, cases. It's me versus my word versus yours in most of them. This yeah. one is not. And a couple of those you had, you had it uh, like one occurred at a team function and there were witnesses. Other people saw it. But yeah. you never had police officers testifying. And in most of these cases, the woman, ultimately, the uh, person, the victim, ultimately decides not to press charges or doesn't cooperate. And that makes it difficult or impossible for them to press charges. Right. Well, that's out the that's out the uh, door with this because uh, the Georgia Family Violence Act states that once there if there is reason if there is reason, uh, evidence to press forward with the uh, case, they don't even need cooperation of the victim. And in this case, no, police to witnessed it. So I cannot see any circumstances where the where these charges are dropped at all. And one of them is a felony charge that also differentiates this from the other yeah. from the other cases. This is a felony. 
because strangulation, uh, uh, assault by strangulation is a felony in Georgia. And that's what he's, that's one of the charges, two charges. The other is battery family violence. Um, so these are really ugly charges, really serious. And, um, it's, it's, uh, you know, there, there may be some teams, the Yankees have taken some guys who have been domestic violence, like our oldest Chapman have taken them and, and given them contracts, re-signed them. There's a few other teams that have re-signed guys or kept guys that they owed money to like the Astros rather than just eat the money. If the guy was still a contributor, they took, they, they sucked it up. And this is a market, as you know, I don't think this is a town where no chance the audience would. No chance. There's too much of the audience that will be totally turned off by that. The statement that it makes to them, I can't see him being embraced or even accepted on this team again after what he did. And that's from a guy that they loved a year ago, who led the yeah. league in homers and RBIs, and they loved all the antics and all the stuff he did, the fun stuff he did. But that all changes. It all changed in one night. One and once this went out, this report went out of what he did. I think that changes everything in the Atlanta market for a vast majority of their fans or enough of their fans that uh and 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 this team stresses the whole family values thing as much yeah. as you can possibly stress it. I think his future's over with this team. It's just a matter of how they cut the ties because as this thing grinds through, it's not going to be fast because it's going to grind through the ju- judicial system and the MLB's uh, investigation. So fans are going to get frustrated and ask, why is he still on the team? Why hasn't he been released? Because they can't. There's a process to it, but I I can't see him ever putting on the uni, a Braves uniform again. I mean, it's just, just from the get-go, I was like, that's that's going to be it. And Especially, yeah, you're right. The fan base, I I don't think this fan base, I mean, there's some fan bases that if you're hitting 800 with 40 homers in June, yeah. you know, it's like, well, they might let it slide, but I can't see this fan base accepting that under any circumstance. Eric, let's hear from today's sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. It's almost impossible to avoid these contracts. Uh, none of the other teams, there's 13 cases of this so far. Not any of those teams have even tried to avoid the contracts because they know they wouldn't be able to. Yeah. This could be different and that it's a felony and that there were police witnesses. Maybe some, Maybe this is different. We'll see. But it's guaranteed money. And unless he could, and, and obviously the thing that changes it all is if he has to go to prison. Now, well, if you go to jail and you have a suspension, you know, that could. If he goes to jail. Or- they can get out of it because he can't. The whole thing or just the jail time? Well, he can't perform his duties while he's in jail. Right. So now. But that doesn't void the contract, I don't think. It's- no. 
But if he goes to prison, I'm not talking about 10 days in jail like Hector Oliveira yeah. served. If he has to go to prison, because this thing carries a years in jail prison sentence. Yeah. But since he has, technically, he doesn't have anything on his record. He was involved in a brawl in St. Louis. Yeah. But there were charges, weren't were dropped. Um, he had an altercation with his wife the, a year ago where she was charged with throwing a soap dish at him, cutting his face, that he drove himself to the police yeah. in Miami and reported those charges. A volatile relationship, obviously, as his attorney said yesterday and the bail on is toxic, and they're going through a divorce now, he said, his attorney said. So we'll see. But, um, but no, getting back to your point, if he – uh, like if he just like for, like he went to jail already for three days while while he's waiting for yeah. the bail thing, that then you know, or if he has to go ten days away, no, that wouldn't void it. But if he has a prison sentence, yeah, he he obviously, I think that would void the contract. Ooh, yeah. I don't think he could say once I get out a year from now, I'll still have three years left on my deal. I mean, we're that'd be uncharted waters, obviously, because none of these yeah. other guys had prison it hasn't sentences. Happened. Yeah, but that but with nothing on his record. It also wouldn't Probably shock me, even though time. even though he's been charged with a felony, I could see him pleading down, taking yeah. a huge fine, uh, still severe charges, but maybe not a felony. You know, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just speaking. I've, we've seen this so many times. It seems like anything can be pled down if you have a good enough attorney and you yeah. spend enough money. Yeah, I think the police witnessing it changes things, but we'll see. We'll see. I don't want to say something that. You know, ends up looking. I look like a fool. I just don't know. I don't have a legal ease on this, and I and 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 in a lot of ways, this is a different case than some of these others. So, you know, I had a I had an incident when I was with the Mariners my second year, where a dude had gotten real physical with his wife and bit her face and hurt her pretty bad. And I I remember when he tried to come face, back geez. and yeah, he bit through her lip and punched her and. Ugh. The guys that were in the rooms next to it said it sounded like a murder scene when they were fighting. But we had, when he came back, when all his shit was settled, he came back to try to apologize to the team. The dudes just told him, get out. Like, you, you're done, man. Don't your, do it. We, team and leaders. They, the team leaders, you know, Richie Sexton, Jared Washburn, J.J. Putz, they, they gave him shit. I mean, they got up on him and told him what a piece of shit he was. And then they went and talked to the front office and said, we don't want him on the field with us. And, that, you know, I, I would assume... I'm sure those guys love Ozuna, man, yeah. you know, up to this point. But when, when that happens, I would assume that your team leaders are going to say, we're not taking the field with that guy. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if, if all the details are correct and everything plays out the way it looks like, and it right. all looks terrible, I could see those guys just saying like, look, we're not taking the field with a guy that does that. And, and that's probably, even if, you know, you are a different organization that would tolerate it or try to right. find a way to get your value out of your money. That's right. going to be the biggest obstacle is telling the other 24 guys on the team that they got to play with this guy. You know, and, like what, what Houston was going through when they got Osuna after his whole thing. The other Osuna. Osuna Roberto Osuna. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know, the Braves are not that organization either. I think the Braves no. will be, we can't put yeah. a guy on the field. when we're, they're, they're all about families and getting you kids at the it. games. They moved to the suburbs to be near their audience, which is in the suburban family audience and all that. It just goes against everything they're trying to, you know, this whole culture they're trying to that they're that they're aiming at to bring a guy back who did what he did, and the, everybody's read the report now. You know, everybody yeah. knows what he's allegedly did. 
Now, if we get body cam footage of this, I, I you know, I don't, they haven't said yet whether there's going to be body cam footage, but I can only assume there was that the cops had, if there is footage of him doing this. Yeah. Uh, you know, anyway, it goes without saying, this is some terrible shit, man. And you yeah. can't do this. You cannot do this. Under any circumstance. And like, I don't my care. My wife knows how to push my buttons like nobody. I mean, she can get me so freaking angry and I just leave the house. You just walk away. And she'll call me a coward and a bitch when I'm walking out the door. Yeah. You know, I mean, she knows she if, she, if my wife wants a fight, she knows how to get it. And we get, I get angrier. I get more angry at her than I've ever been in my life at anything. Nobody can make me as mad as my wife, but I've never come close to doing anything like that under any circumstance. And I can sit here and say it with confidence that I'll never, I'll never do that. You know, you just, it's just something you don't do. Yeah. There's no, there's no qualifications. There's no, uh, uh, mitigating circumstances that, make it okay for a man to hit a woman. It just, there's Nothing. not period. You don't story. do it. I know she, they're going to say she, yeah, but she was arrested a year ago for throwing a soap care. dish at him and cutting his face. I don't care. So it's a toxic relationship, obviously. And it should have ended a long time ago. They have kids. That's probably what kept them together. They have three little kids. That's what I feel terrible for the family, for the kids, yeah. man, to be, to, for the kids to be subjected to this, it's going to be so hard. Um, but I don't care what she did. If she, if she did anything in this instance, I don't care if one cheated on the other, whoever that was, you get, you end it, you get away, you stop the relationship, you get a divorce, you can yell at each other, whatever. You cannot hit a woman. Nope. Under any circumstance, you just don't do it. And, and, you, and I look differently at any guy that can do that. Yep. You're a coward. It's just not, it's just not something you do. I mean, I've, I've had to subdue my, you know, I've had to pin her and hold her, you know, when she's going crazy and when we she's get ready some to ugly. Kill you. <laughs> when she's, yeah. And, and like I said, you know, it's, she knows when I'm starting to. It's a to loving up. pin, though. Yeah. No, I just hold her it's and an just embrace. like, we just wait this out, you know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. like a little six year old and you're going to calm down. <laughs> but, and that's, that's my thought too is, you know, you're, he's six one two fifty. Yeah. You can, you can, there's a, you don't have to do, you don't have to strangle somebody or hit them with a cast or whatever the yeah. reports are saying he did. You know, I mean, I can, you yeah, can control, yeah, you can control your wife, you know, or you can, you can leave. There's, there's so many other options, uh, not going that route. And yeah, it's that's just not, not acceptable. Option. It's not an option. There's a million other options. That's not one of them under so any circumstance. He's going to get the book thrown at him or he should. And we'll see. And if he did what he did, he should. And I don't, and I know, you know, we can't, there's going to be people say you can't just take the cop's word for it. But listen, this wasn't, this is different than some of the cases that we've seen, I think. Then uh, they responded to a domestic violence call, you know? Yeah. And they, if, if they, if, if somebody's going to say that they maybe fabricated any of this, why wouldn't the, why would they do why? that? And, and then the woman's just going to come out and say, he did not do that. You know, both yeah. sides are going to come out. So come on, yeah. think about that before you just lump this in with all the cases that we've seen where there is righteous indignation. Um, that, that I don't think this falls under that. But we'll see. You know, We'll see how this plays out. Um, this just, he obviously, yeah, yeah, it's just, it's ugly, man. This is something you don't ever want to have to deal with if you're a team. Uh, but it's part of society still and, 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 and you have to come down hard on this and I don't think you can have any kind of 
acceptance for how good a player is, whether he's good, whether he's a good There's player, no whether he's a great player like he was a year ago, or whether he's struggling like he is this year should have no, that should have no, uh, um, it shouldn't affect how this is, this is treated. And I don't think it will. In the it won't. Case. It yeah. won't. That shouldn't affect what the fans view of him either. How the fans view him. If he was the guy leading the league in homers and RBIs like he was a year ago, I would hope there'd still be the same righteous indignation uh, 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 or anger, anger by everybody and, and almost unanimous uh, uh, view of this by you know the fan base and others and all that. that It'll be unanimous here. in the clubhouse. I can tell you that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, listen, well, they came back. This, this happened. The, the, the timing is obviously going to be bad anytime something like this happens, but it happens the same week. He's on a road trip and gets, he breaks his fingers sliding in Boston, sent home. That's why he's at home to begin with. This happens on Saturday. They got rained out in New York Friday. This happened Saturday as the team's getting blown out on the field. Ian Henderson's having a bad, rare bad start. So they get blown out. This breaks during the game. I mean, it was a dark, dark night for Braves and Braves fans. Sunday, they get rained out again. Then they come home. So they went on the road trip. They were gone for a week because they went to Boston. On the, they had a, they had off days before and after the two-game series in Boston. So they were on the road for seven days and played three games, lost two of them. It was a bad week. Yeah. So then you come home and you start a homestand. Four games against the Nationals, followed by three against the Dodgers. I don't want to say must win. But Monday Memorial Day game was as close to a must-win as you're going to get for a game two months into the season. The Braves needed to play well, yeah. needed to win that game, and they did. They played a real good game, just an average, uh, decent start by Charlie Morton. But they came out and scored three runs in the first inning, and they've been the best first-inning team in the league by far this year, by the way. They lead the league in runs in the first inning for whatever reason. Yeah, they scored 14 more runs, 13 more runs in the first inning than they scored any other inning. But they came out, jumped on, jumped out to a 3-0 lead, added a run in the second inning when Acuna hits his sixth. Acuna hits his 16th home run, tied for the major league lead. So they gave Charlie a 4-0 lead. He blew three, gave up three runs and won it in the fourth inning. He had one of those bad innings that he's had this year. He actually had struggled in the fourth and fifth innings, but got out of the fifth without any damage. He still led 4-3. And the bullpen pitched its ass off yesterday. Luke yeah, Jackson. Luke Jackson, man. It's time for people to give this guy credit. He's having a hell of a year. Not happening. <laughs> He's having a hell of a year. And even though, once again, he gives up a leadoff single and there's an error on the play, the guy goes to second base with no outs. He gets out of it with no – he protects that lead. Luke's been their most – he's been their steadiest reliever this year. Yeah. Yeah, no. So, but the bullpen pitched great yesterday. Hung on to that lead. They added another run. They went 5-3. They had a must-win situation, and they won. They've beat the Nationals six out of seven games this year, man. How that yeah. whole uh, that whole uh, rivalry right there has completely changed hands the last couple of years. Yeah. Remember when they couldn't win a game up in Washington, like when that Paul Park first opened? After yeah. the first time year up there, they they had a period where they lost like 15 in a row or something like that, like over three years. They couldn't win a game there. Now they won. They won. Uh, they won five out of six up there. The first two series this year. This is the first time they played them here this year in Atlanta. So they've won six out of seven against them. They got three more in this series. They need to either sweep this series or win three out of four because they got the mighty Dodgers coming in after that. And the Dodgers are playing a lot better now after going through their little 
Yeah, Betts is starting to hit. Bellinger's back. Yeah, I, I view the I view the Braves the same way though, and I know we've been saying it for months. It seems like, but when you're watching the Dodgers do what they were doing early in the year, when they kind of got into a funk, mm-hmm. it'll it'll level out. And I, I mean, the hard part for the Braves is the hits keep coming, and then this thing happens this weekend. But I look at the Braves the same way. Like once they hit their stride, they're going to be the Braves again. And it seems like the Dodgers are at that point right now. Yeah, uh, the Dodgers obviously have more depth, more yeah. talent because of the bigger payroll. But the Braves have Braves can go. You you can line up the stars on each team, and the Braves can yep. go with anybody. Yep. Uh, if the Braves the their bullpen's not nearly as deep as it was last year, we've gone over that many times. But if their key guys pitch well, Shane Green. Uh, he still had some back tightness in it before his last rehab appearance, which would have been as third or third at triple uh, a. So they pushed that back till tonight. They don't play on Mondays. They have off days on triple a Monday. Cause they play a six game series in triple a. Yeah. So he'll have his appearance tonight. I would think if it goes well, you know, maybe the back tightness makes it, maybe they have one more after that, but he's about to join them. And, uh, that adds a whole new dimension, I think, with them because you got Chris Martin is pitching great. Yeah. Uh, man, yesterday, Will Smith had the slider going again yesterday. When Chris Martin and Will Smith are both pitching well and they're healthy, that is nasty right there, man. Yep. That ain't and, the and Jackson inning. and Minner, when Minner's fresh, yes. you know, I think Minner just got a little. And Matson hey, was fresh. And Matzik, yeah, it's not all of a sudden. You know, you get Shane Green, and you're looking at this pen, and it's six deep again. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's comparable six deep to almost any pen, almost. And you, you get Newt going. You know, this this bullpen's not far off from being the, the dominant force it was last year. I think you know, Minder got a little worn down and, and was getting used more than he's used to. Jackson's been just steady Eddie, you know, just sneaky. Yeah, you know, no no one wants to give Luke credit, but he's been throwing the shit out of the ball. Um, Will Smith, you know, I know he's had a, he blew a couple saves, but he's been pretty damn good lately too. And Martin, just if he's healthy and then you get Shane Green coming in and if he does what he's been doing, you know, yeah. I mean, he's not, he's not going to be your closer or, or a perfect reliever either, but all of a sudden you look at it and you're like, Snit has five or six options. Now he can go to and not have to overuse guys if, if they're all healthy and functioning. And Salazar had, has looked a lot better. He had a yep. good appearance the other day. looked, you can see why they kept him, why they had, why they think he has some potential. Um. Yeah, and you got, and you always can add to that bullpen later in the season with some of these, uh, with one or two with these other starters who you got surplus starters. If the boy just seeing how that once everybody's healthy and all that. Um. So yeah, it's not. Uh, it's not as deep as last year's pen, obviously, with Melanson in there. But when you add Green, it's getting a lot closer it's to it. It's getting close. I yeah. mean, it's just pretty damn respectable all of a sudden, you know, and you, and you feel pretty good about it and confident about and it. And if you have a stretch like your starters just gave you where they were going six innings or more every night, mm-hmm. then you then your bullpen is fine. You got Well, that's probably than- the key is the starters are – that's starting to – sometimes that takes a couple of weeks to catch up. Yeah. You know, like when your pen right. gets beat up. You can have a week or two of good starts from your starters, and those guys are still a little worn out down there. But that mm-hmm. them pitching more consistently and pitching better, it's starting to catch up to where the pen's fresh now, and you're seeing what they can do. Yeah, I mean, they had an unbelievable stretch where they were going six innings, like, a, you know, every time out, six or seven. So, like, Charlie went five yesterday through 90-some pitches, which wasn't a good day for him, but it wasn't bad. I mean, it was good It wasn't enough. terrible. No, it it was, I mean, it wasn't great, but when the other guys are doing their jobs – 
that five inning start doesn't hurt you in the pen that bad because guys are fresh and you go one, two, three, four like they did. It's it's when you get like two weeks straight of of three innings and five inning starts kind of piling up and only yeah. one good one mixed in there. That pen just slowly gets worn down and you start to see that effect. But it uh, works the other way too. Max is pitching real well now. Looks good. Ian Anderson, he had a, one bad start Saturday, but I mean, he's looked great for the most part. Yeah, not worried about him. Uh, Charlie's come around. Charlie's been fine. Yesterday was a little mediocre, but he's been fine. If that's his worst start, five innings, three runs, they can accept that for sure. Anytime. Uh, and Smiley's looked a lot better. I think he's still kind of the wild card. We don't know what you're going to get each time out. Gives up too many home runs, but he's looked a lot better. Bryce Wilson, meanwhile, that's your depth still, and he has dominated every time he's gone down to AAA. He's continued to be. I mean, yeah. he's he's on such a run down there in AAA. So you know you can plug him in at any time. Um, you're not going to have Enoa back for the end of the year if you get him at all. So you need those other guys to stay healthy. And Soroka, even though Snit Snit came out and said on a live interview on High Heat this week, last week, uh, end of last week, that Soroka was done for the year. Well. They did. They needed to, the front office and Snit needed to get on the same page with that because Snit walked that back a few hours later in the Zoom and said, "I misspoke. I understand he's going to be reevaluated. It's about ten days from now, but that was the plan all along that he was going to get reevaluated like three or four weeks after this cleanup procedure, this second procedure on his Achilles. And for for now, officially, that's what they're going with is they're going to evaluate him again in ten days, and that there's a chance he could still pitch this year." But I I read into that as they're just saying that because they can't tell Soroka you're done for the year. But I I'm with you. You said you know you didn't want to push him to come back. I can't see him coming back from a second procedure, even though it was just a cleanup. It's still they cut it. They went in. Yeah. And and way went you into the, it up. And he's on a scooter again now, pushing himself around on a scooter with one knee up, you know, to protect the Achilles. <clears throat> I, that's a long way from the scooter to the mount, since we're two months into the season. And it's not, you know, it's it's not a cleanup on a little scar tissue in the elbow or knee right. joint. You know, it's it's an Achilles. And it, even when you do your Achilles the first time, everybody's talking. You're probably out of years. So you clean it up. You know, you got to look at at least at least a few months before you're feeling good. Then you got to go all the way up to start, and it's just not worth the risk. Honestly, I mean, just give him time. I, I'm sure he's beyond frustrated because oh, you, know, you lose you're losing two years of your career um, yeah. just rehabbing I mean that's where guys go crazy <laughs> you know you go you go to rehab to just lose your mind and I'm sure he's beyond frustrated but at this point it's like yeah I mean Snit also said we hope we get him back next year and I, I don't know if he was yeah what I don't, he was I, don't saying, I don't want to read too much into that I can't imagine why they wouldn't get him back next year you know what I mean yeah even if they no, slow, I know even but, if they go slow on this thing I think that was just snit probably just a bad choice of words yeah probably um, but it scared me <laughs> yeah yeah scared a lot of people um yeah it's Roka, man I can't even imagine what he's going through being his age basically he's in his peak he started you know he he was he was great early so he was. You're looking at maybe a ten year window where he can be one of the best pitchers in baseball, and he's losing mm-hmm. two of those. Yeah. The you good know? news is, you know, being a player, he's so damn good that he's going to continue to get tendered a contract. You know, if if he wasn't who he is, yeah, you'd be looking at getting non tendered this year. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But, he's too but good. in his yeah. shoes, you know, you can at least feel okay and and take your time rehabbing and know you got time because he performed so well. 
that you're not going to be just floating on a minor league deal next year trying to prove yourself again. You know, he's going to get every opportunity to come back from this. And you know what else? I know this is a, this is maybe not the time to bring this up, but people should remember this instance when they see young guys taking maybe a little less money and a long-term deal, yep. especially pitchers. How this things can change so quickly. And if somebody offers you what you might end up leaving 30, 40 million dollars on the table if you're a pitcher and you take a five-year deal, you know, for mm, this 60 is million dollars. This is why you do it. Yep. There are no guarantees now that Soroka, I mean, we think he's gonna come back and be a great pitcher again, but there's no guarantees. And how much easier would it be to go through this rehab if you'd already oh, if signed? you had a six years 40. Right. And they didn't offer just, it to him because he's so young that I don't think they had even offered it to him yet. I'd be surprised if they did. Well, if he but, went to them and asked for exactly <laughs> six years, thirty, you know, just saying, you know, I don't know, I don't know about my health, you know, I mean, I got a chance to be set for life. That's why you never criticize, or I, at least I don't, you know, I do, I do give guys credit that think about the players that are coming after them right. and they hold out for those deals. Right. But anytime a guy takes a deal like Ozzy took, you know, we joke about it sometimes. Yeah. But if Ozzy, if Ozzy had a career-threatening injury tomorrow, you know, he's still set for life. Yeah, and, and he missed half the season last year. Yeah. It, you know, I don't I don't ever judge guys for that because you got a chance to be secure for life. And, you know, if you miss out on $30 million, you're still <laughs> you, sitting on 30 You're still looking at generational money for, yeah. for you, for your kids, for their kids. You know, people think about that, you know. Ronald Acuna, yeah, it might be the most team-friendly contract in baseball because he might be the best player in baseball in another yeah. year or two if he's not now. But yeah, he might have missed out on two hundred or three hundred. It's possible, but yeah. he may, but he's going to get over a hundred million dollars, and he's people good. We, we lose all track of reality when we think about this is like monopoly money. But think about a hundred million dollars or whatever the total is with the options. You can't even spend that fast enough to you blow can't. it. You can't. You put it in the bank, even if you put it in the most conservative investments possible. Yeah. Your family, their kids, their kids, their kids are not ever going to have, if they wanted to, they could use that money. If you spend it wisely and you don't blow it, then, <laughs> so it's hard. You can't just, you got to think about that, not just how he could have made 300 million instead of 120 million or, you know, whatever. So, but a pitcher like, like Soroka, man. If he had the long-term deal, $50 million in the bank, you know, it seems like it would be a whole lot easier to go through something like this if you knew, you know. Well, you just you ask yourself those questions, too, when you're going through rehab as if, am I ever going to be the same again? You know, or I mean, that's probably the hardest battle is just not having those answers. And you're not getting those answers for if it's an Achilles or something like that for a year. You're sitting there doing that rehab, not knowing if it's going to work. It, it definitely, you know, it, it would definitely take – some of the pressure off you know, deep down you want to compete you want to be out there yeah. you want to play but money you know but people hate to hear athletes talk about it but it's a major factor in feeling good about your situation yeah i mean i don't know as a pitcher part of me says that being an achilles not being an elbow or a shoulder is better because it's not his pitching arm but then another yeah. part of me thinks it's your legs yeah, it's your legs, and there's not as many case studies. There's not as many examples that he can lean on on guys that came back. You know that he can that he can that he can be sure that he can come back. Like if it was Tommy John, he could probably be pretty certain he's going to come back at least. You know, until you might need another one eight years down the road or whatever. But with the Achilles, who's he going to point to if, uh, that had it at such a young age and had a long career and never affected yeah. them again? Yeah. You know, Wainwright so you go, was at the end of his career when he had it yeah. as a pitcher. So. 
part of me says, you know, it's better that it's not a pitching arm. And my other part says, yeah, but there's not many examples that he can look at and feel comfortable about what how they came back from it. Well, none of that stuff really matters because everybody else doing well doesn't really help you. Yeah. You know, it's like when you're that's great. Everybody else did OK. It. But yeah. But when I'm looking in my situation and I feel like shit and I can't walk around, you know, yeah. I mean, you can just go such a dark place during rehab. And I'm, I'm, I'm just glad he's such a tough dude and, and so strong mentally. You know, he's, he's a good guy to, to go through this. I think he can handle it because some guys go off the deep end, man. And that's, that's a factor in itself is, is being able to keep doing the fight and keep rehabbing. Right. I mean, you can, you can really lose your mind in, especially now having a second setback, you know, the, the places guys go mentally, it, it's pretty dark. Yeah. I think it's going to, I think it has to help him a lot being both really intelligent and be really positive and optimistic because yeah. if he was a negative guy or Ooh. if he wasn't a very smart guy and he, then he allowed, you know, himself to be, uh, to start looking at the bad examples, you know, and the negative, mm -hmm. uh, then yeah, I, I agree. I, I think he's got a lot going for him mentally to help him get through all the stuff. So it's just a shame because man, it's been so long now that it's easy to forget some of those nights Soroka had, but when we watch Max Freed, how good he is. We watch Charlie have great nights. Soroka on his best night was better than both of them. You know, he was, he was, Charlie was pretty damn good. Yeah. But, and Charlie, especially like a couple of years ago, was pretty damn good and his stuff's filthy but soroka got some it was just dominant it was it wasn't like it was 10 pitch innings you know it was just overpowering hitters but pitching the contact and and it was the way he did it the the, the dominance he showed and how easy he made it look that was like shit this guy's different mm -hmm. you know it was the ease of it you, you watch max have a dominant start and it's really convincing but soroka was just on another level when he was at his at his best yeah. and it's some been those, so long since we've watched it. It's easy to yeah. forget. But. Some of those outings Freed had last year were pretty damn yeah. off yeah. the charts, too. Yeah. And Ian Anderson's had some off-the-charts nights, too. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, so that Soroka was so efficient, could go so deep into games. And, and uh, yeah, he's He'd have those starts where there was never a doubt. You know, like yeah. it never seemed like, you know, things could have got out of hand this inning. It was like just boom, 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 over and over and over for seven, eight innings in a row. No traffic. no, no Nothing. Yeah. Just dominant. Just you're not scoring today. Guys, let's take a quick break and then we'll finish up the show. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I think worst case scenario, I think he's fine in spring training, but I don't think people should should get any hopes up of him pitching this year. And I don't think it's important. I think it's much more important, like you said before. Yeah. Now I think you you got to think about next year. Just yeah. think, okay, let's not repeat anything that we did about being optimistic about being ahead of schedule or anything like that. Let's just take this as slow as necessary, because now you got a whole year basically to let him just do everything on the slow end of everything, yep. make sure you've completely got to, before you go to the next level, make sure you've done everything you need to at this level before you go to the next level, because I don't think there's any reason to push back to, to push, to get back now, because 
for what to push the to put pitch the last weeks of the season and hope that he's ready in the in the postseason. I don't think it's realistic to think that he could be uh, even close to his 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 level of pitching in the postseason if he comes back and makes a few starts at the end of the year. Well, the, the only reason better than your other options, you only need three starters in the postseason anyway. Yeah, the only reason you is for his peace of mind. Mm-hmm. That's a reason why you would say, right? All right, we're not we're not bringing you back this year. But if 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 the doctor says you know you should be ready to pitch in late October or some point around there, if for me, what you do for his peace of mind, so he can go into his off season and just freaking breathe, you have him pitch a couple innings in instructs. Yeah, and and you have say winter ball. Yeah, somewhere somewhere low pressure where he can just be like. I threw five innings or four innings or three innings, whatever you want him to do. He goes and has his few innings. You say your your rehab's complete. You're coming into next season as a normal player. We're putting this behind you. You get to go out. You pitch a few innings, and he gets closure on it, and he gets to feel like he can drop it. And then you get to go have a normal offseason, work yeah. out, train, do whatever rehab exercises or maintenance exercise you have for this injury. But that could be that would be something mentally for him that you'd do where he'd feel like he's – putting it behind him and he's going to be ready to go next year instead of having him mm-hmm. sit through an, another entire offseason without that closure on the injury and putting it behind him. Yeah, I was going to say winter ball, but I think you're right. Instructional league's less pressure. There's no – because his his competitive instincts are going to take over if he goes down and pitch. You can roll ball. innings. You just right. roll the inning and you say it's, you're throwing four 15-pitch right. innings. I don't care what happens. You control the whole thing. You know, you kind of do it without adrenaline, so nothing crazy happens. You don't do any jab steps or anything like that. And it's just, here you go. That was clean. You're done. Go home and and decompress. You know, yeah. l- let it go. Because the mental grind is is what gets you. Yeah. So if he can put that behind him mentally, it'd be, it'd be a big step for and him. There'd be no buildup in instructional league. No people showing up to see, oh, no. like in winter ball, people would be like, oh, Max, Mike Soroka's pitching tonight. Let's go out and see this yeah. kid. You know, he's like. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Instruction league would be the way to do it and go there. And winter ball can get crazy too with yeah. fans down there. Yeah, you know, I mean that that'll bring out some adrenaline, no doubt. All right. Well, anyway, uh, big week for the Braves. I think these next three games against the Nationals, they need to keep doing what they did yesterday. They got Steven Strasburg tonight. Freed, what a great matchup. Uh, Freed got pushed back. He was going to pitch Sunday. They didn't want to disrupt both of their schedules, so they had. Charlie stay on schedule pitch yesterday and Freed just bumps back. He's going to be like on a week's rest and uh, he'll pitch tonight against Strasburg. And this will, this will, if they win this one, I think they got the series and they could go for a sweep and then have some momentum. You know, they, they once again, they have a chance to get, they'll get to 500 if they win tonight. They still have not gotten over 500. And it's not that <laughs> they, they've gotten to 500 four times, right? They have lost multiple yeah. games every time they've got to 500. They haven't just taken, one step back, lost one. They've lost multiple games, lost three or four games every time they've got to 500. So they need to avoid that this time because it happened again last week. They need to get to 500 and then bust through. And they can do that by winning two of these next three against the uh, the Nationals or winning all three of them. Get two, I mean, you win all three of these, you get, you get two games over 500 before the Dodgers come down. And then you got yeah. a tough road trip after that to Philly and Miami. It's a tough month. This is the toughest part of the schedule so far, easily. And yeah. The Cardinals will wait after that. So, I mean, yeah, it gets a lot tougher than what they faced lately with the Pirates and the Brewers when they were down. And but so 
Anyway. It's kind of good, though. You know, it's kind of good they ran into those teams when they weren't at their best. You know, if they can get rolling, they play with anybody. Yeah. If if they were if they were playing like they were, you know, early on and ran into this this part yeah. of the schedule, it, it could have got real ugly. So it's it's good to avoid this part of the schedule early on and, and do it now when you're starting to get rolling. Right, because they still haven't hit their stride. I mean, they still have mm-hmm. not even come close to hitting on all cylinders. Not even they close. They did most of last season for the whole time. It was yeah. too much season, but they did most of the time. And they've managed to stay one game under 500 right now, playing the way they have with some serious flaws and or struggles. So, uh, you know, you got a lot of guys stepping forward now. You, you needed to have some guys have career-type years, breakthrough years, like Austin Riley is having. You know, and then the other guys to do what they're capable of doing, normal, like Freddie yeah. and Acuna and Ozzy. So once you get those guys all going again with Riley doing what he's doing, and, you know, if you can get Dansby going again the way he was, Contreras has been a big piece. Yeah. Because you could add a huge fall off with Darno being hurt, and Contreras is, is hitting better great. than Darno did when Darno yeah. was healthy this year. So No, he's been great with the bat. Behind the plate, he- he's still a little rough, still has some pass balls. But what he's giving you at the plate, I think, more than makes up for anything you might. And like yeah. like uh, Charlie said after the game last night, you know, fans, we may look at it as he has these pass balls and he's probably frustrating the hell out of everybody. No, the pitchers love how hard he's trying, him working yeah. with the pitchers, meeting with them, going over guys. He's trying his ass off back there so they can deal with what, you know, the occasional pass ball slash, uh, slash wild pitch, you know, that might get past him because he's he's trying and he's hitting – and they like they like him. They like working with him. All the pitchers do. So, yeah. Well, that's that's a good sign, though. You know, when you see a dude working his ass off, it's a lot yeah. easier to accept, you know, whatever flaw they may have than if if they weren't, you know, or if they didn't seem enthusiastic about it or driven. You know, I mean, I'm I'm sure if they're saying that about him, if the pitchers are saying that about him, it's you know, they're not just making that up. He's probably busting his butt. Charlie said that he's one of those guys that cares about the craft and cares about the guy that's on the mound because when Charlie had a bad inning against the Phillies, that really bad one. Um, Charlie said that was the first inning. He came off the mound, and you could see it. It was it was one of uh it was one of his first starts. Contreras his first, and, and he said Contreras had this look on his face that you it hurt him. He said it hurt him, and you see as a pitcher when you That's see that awesome. look on a catcher's face, that means a lot to you because he actually cares. That's the best yeah. when they're and on the flip side, when you have a catcher that you go out as like a relief pitcher, you come in a game and it's. It's eight to one, and you give up three more. Yeah, and you see them just shrug it off like that guy sucks, and they go grab their bat. Right, there's no worse feeling in the world. Yeah. But when you see a catcher really care and they're and they're torn up about it, and yeah. you know, I used to see B Mac and Rossi upset after they'd have three hit games. Yeah, it gives you so much confidence that that this guy really cares and he's thinking his way through your inning regardless of the scenario. I mean, that's that's a great. I like hearing that about him. Yeah, yeah, and that's uh, all the pitchers. I haven't heard one pitcher. And and they could kind of uh, no comment it by saying, but but they all go out of their way to praise this guy. They yeah, all like working that's cool. with him. So I don't think it's a given that Shea Langoliers is the catcher for the future. I think this guy, if he establishes himself, because this is probably a couple, like this. it's a couple years probably for Shea Langoliers gets here. If he hits like this, Langoliers got to show he can hit before he can compete with this guy. And if and if Langoliers we know has great defense, so yeah. who we got to get in line though. That's that's the thing is if if he's doing what he's doing at the big league level, you know, you just, you get in line because right. nobody cares how big a prospect you are when you got a big leaguer getting it done. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, what a backup though you'd have if you if, yeah. if if you had those two in your organization at the same time. But at worst, you're going to have a good trade piece probably. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, Contreras is uh, he, he's a uh, you know it was Ozuna himself who said that he thought he could be better than his brother. Well, if you look at what they did with at this age, I don't think that's too far fetched. He he looks great at the plate. Contreras does. I mean, yeah. he'll have two strikes on him. And he'll change his approach, unlike some of the guys who have five more years of experience. He'll change his that approach. That single he flipped down. the other way. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Two-run single, and flip it the other there's way. There's some guys that don't do that at all on this team, and he does. Especially he young guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, to exactly. see a young guy do that, it's, it's cool to see. He and Austin Riley have been huge positives so far in this year. Did you see Austin Riley on MLB Network breaking yeah. down his swing? Yeah, I did. That was impressive. I did. I, 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 he was so in depth with what he was doing at the plate. It gave me a whole new perspective on on him as a hitter. You know, I mean, he, it all yeah. makes sense what he's doing right now. It can come across. He can come across in interviews as uh, not real cerebral, mm-hmm. but he is, and I and he showed it in that interview. He knows exactly oh, what he's doing up there. I like to explain it because D Rose saying he had never heard somebody talk about getting that space with the elbow, and Austin explained it perfectly. Yeah, Dero. You could see Dero going, huh? Because Dero teaches hitting the kids and all that, and you could see Dero going, and he's seen a lot. He played, you know, for a decade. He had a lot of different played with a lot of great players, including Chipper. But you could see Chipper. Uh, Dero was saying, huh? I'm seeing something that I haven't seen before. This is interesting, though. And and he explained exactly why he does his approach. And I, I agree. It was a good interview. If you compare that to his appearance on ML, on High Heat, our, our Central, a couple of years ago. Night and day, how far yeah. he's come with the understanding yeah. of what he's doing. When he first came up, when he's having that huge month, they had him on there, and he came across as some kid who's just up there hacking, just barreling it up. Yeah, <laughs> no, he was. He yeah. went so in depth on his swing and 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 his ability to dissect and and diagnose. You know, the he's like, if I'm late, if I'm doing this, yeah. then I, then I know what this is. This is what I always talk about is knowing your keys. And yep. the great players can do that. They can see something go wrong, and they know why it happened. And him being able to explain the adjustments he makes based on if he's late to a fastball, you know, he tells yep. himself he tells himself he's got to stay back or he's got to stay balanced because he said he has that he has a tendency to lunge at the ball a little bit, yep. and he knows he's going to lunge a little bit. But his key is to tell himself not to step at all, not yep. to move at all, and he's, yep. he'll still move. But those are the keys and the feel things that players develop over the years that helped them minimize those slumps that I was talking about. So when I saw him breaking all that down in depth and how in depth he was with just understanding his swing and understanding the result and what led to it, I was like, "Uh Oh, this guy might be really, really good. You know, it's, it's not like he's just hot right now. He understands yeah. why you could tell he spent a lot of time with chipper when he's, yeah. ta- when he's talking about those things that you yeah. mentioned right there. Cause yeah. a lot of the same language that chipper uses. Yeah. But and now Brumley has really helped him. The minor league hitting coordinator has really helped him. He's a guy. He's like his guru. He goes to see in in Texas twice each he's off season. Really helped him. They they click. You know, some guys click with other guys, and he clicks with him and with Chipper. So those are those two. You know, those are the the conversations that that conversation him and Derosa are having there. Yeah, those are the conversations that that you can't give value to. You know, you, you can't analyze the when people nobody likes to give the veteran presence and all that. And, you yeah. know, nobody likes to give that credit. But those are the conversations that right. that you have that those in depth conversations where guys are 
trading that info back and forth. Yeah. Like think if Dero was still playing and he has that conversation with Riley and yep. he picks up on that key and he rides out a streak, you know, he raises batting average 30 points just from like, you know, the light bulb yep. going off. Those things, when you get teams that are really close and, and yeah. share that information with each other and, and go back and forth, those are the teams that, you know, the chemistry really p- comes into play. Yeah. 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 No doubt, man. The guys that hang out in a batting cage, five of them in the indoor batting cage together, shooting shit and talking like that. And have hang that out passion. after the games and at the hot tub yeah. after the game, drinking beers, talking. Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll do this again on uh, – on Friday, probably Thursday or Friday. What's today? Tuesday. So Friday, we'll do this again. We'll be in the middle of the Dodgers. The Dodgers will be arriving that night, actually. So, all right. And uh, hopefully, more bit just baseball talk when we do this again. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's it. Seven fifty-five right. is real. We're out. Yeah.